Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I am Adam Wright alongside Nicholas Carlson. We have a special guest with us tonight and making his return to the show after over a year of not being with us, Brian Mucker. So, Brian was a co-host for us. If for some of you OGs out there who may have been listening to us from from the beginning, you would know Brian was one of our co-hosts before he uh, before he left he left the show. So Brian, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing all right. It's a nice night out, mm-hmm. hanging out, doing some work. Finals week, a little busy, but you know, but. We do have a great show for you tonight. We'll talk about Brian's Jets and who they should draft. As you may know, Brian is a avid Jets fan. Uh, we will be talking, but let's start about let's start with the breaking news revolving around Debo Samuel. So, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has requested a trade from the 49ers after failed negotiations about a contract extension. So he's been rumored at a lot of place to have a lot of teams have been rumored to have interest in this player, such as, uh, such as the chiefs, there has been the Packers, there have been even the jets. So where do you guys think he should end up? Well, I mean, we were just talking before the show, the news broke, um, that, one Debo took down his tweet stating that he was unhappy with his contract in San Francisco. The negotiations didn't work. And later on, after that tweet was posted, he, uh, someone tagged him saying that he would look great in the Cowboys silver and blue with a star on his helmet. And he liked, he liked the post at first and everyone was going nuts about it saying, Oh, you know, he might be happy with going to Dallas if they can give him the right price tag. However, as of 25 minutes ago, that just he took down the tweet and he he unliked the post that was in regards to the Cowboys. But I mean, if he was to go to Dallas, I think that's a great spot for him. I they definitely are a team that has the cap space that can fit him. But I think they're I think the Cowboys are already a little deep in in the depth chart for wide receivers. Um, if I had to if I had to pick a team to send him to any, I would send him to Carolina. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Brian? Yeah, I agree with you, Nick, about the Carolina uh, sequence. Um, I think he would fit great in um, silver and blue and black. Um, they do not have a lot of depth in wide receiver. The only wide receivers that we really know of that are standouts are Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I think that instead of addressing it in the draft, that they need to go out and get receivers like Debo Samuel. Maybe if they're interested in Metcalf, because I know Metcalf wants out of Seattle, but Debo would fit perfectly maybe in Carolina. He obviously said that he would want to be utilized more as a wide receiver instead of what he was last year, even though he had a monster year with San Francisco. 
turned out to be one of the top 10 wide receivers in the game. I could also see him going to other places like Indianapolis where they do not have a lot of uh, depth at wide receiver. Michael Pittman's like literally the only one there. Uh, Zach Pascal recently departed to Philadelphia. Um, and I know it's like a long shot, but if he wants to do this, uh, reunite maybe back with the Jets. Um, hopefully, maybe the Jets have the cap space. I don't think they might even do because of what they've done this offseason, which I loved so far. But it could be make a little bit more sense due to their reunion with Coach Robert Sahal, who was uh, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers back in 2018, I believe. And his former offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, is also in New York. So I could see him going to either one of those three destinations. Um, there's probably other teams like the Cowboys, but I just think he might just be a Amari Cooper replacement. So regarding the Panthers, I think that I just, I just don't think wide receiver is in their needs right now. I think they ha- they're set with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, and I think they can get a wide receiver three just for depth anywhere. But what they who re- a team that really needs him, who really needs a wide receiver one to complement what they have, is the Green Bay Packers. I think Green Bay. So Green Bay has a little bit of money um, from from all the cap space that they've cleared up, and that's a team that really desperately after losing Devontae Adams needs oh they need Debo Samuel and I think Debo's play style could work very very well with Aaron Rodgers it could force him to play a little bit more of a conservative play style whereas uh he tends to just kind of go for the highlight reel deep ball play I think this works great for him Debo Samuel I think that's a match that would work very well. And dare I say they could be better than they were before. Whereas, you know, before they were kind of just relying on Devonte Adams alone, they would be using Debo for sort of the intermediate plays. And then they also have Sammy Watkins to huck it down the field. It would be a, it would be a great fit for them. I think this would work. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I think maybe Debo could be a great fit in um, Green Bay. One player that I think you forgot to mention was uh, Alan Lazard. I feel like he's always a sleeper on that offense. But, yeah, I think Debo is a number one. He can be really good. Um, I don't – I mean, even though he didn't doesn't want to be utilized like he was in San Francisco last year, um, I think that's how he should be used if he were to go to Green Bay. Uh, Watkins, I know, is always a deep threat in every team he's been with, like Kansas City in the playoffs. He was with the Ravens, and he was always a deep threat with Buffalo, as we would remember him his days in Buffalo as a Patriots and Jets fan. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe that could be a great fit for Debo. Yeah, the only issue is he has, um, according to reports by Adam Schefter, he has, he has said that he doesn't want to be used as that wide receiver running back hybrid. He doesn't want to be – he wants to be used more as a, a traditional wide receiver. That doesn't mean you can't use him for to primarily for, designed for uh, yards after catch plays. But he could – you know, it, that is something to look at because when they used him as a wide receiver, he did not have the same production – so I think he he might be a little bit 
a little bit full of himself to be saying, well, I don't want to be used this way. I can understand why, you know, why he doesn't want to get, you know, you know, because there's a reason why running backs don't last that long in the league because they, all those, you know, taking all those hits when you're whole, when you're a ball carrier, it's not good for you. And it does, and it, it often leads to injury up as time goes on. And Debo has had his fair share of injuries throughout his career. So, yeah, that is something to look at, but I can understand why he would he would want to take less hits. But if if this play style works for you, then I think you need to go with that if you want to be paid. Because if you're going to be putting up wide receiver two type stats, then nobody's going to want to pay you that type of money. That's just that's just the bottom line. Oh yeah, no, I I got to agree. I mean, if you're if he's this unhappy and he's showing this much you know dissatisfaction with the 49ers franchise and you you even threaten to sit if they're not going to trade him you got to make sure you have the stats i mean he had a great season last year but as you said he he doesn't want to be out of the league that quick especially with a lot of guys who play a lot of those dual role positions like debo you know taking a lot of extra hits and that that can severely shorten your career in the NFL. But I just it just dawned on me maybe maybe we could potentially see a Debo Samuel and Jimmy G package deal potentially so, go because 49ers fans aren't extremely happy with the way Jimmy G has been. Obviously not his best season this year, but definitely not his worst. I think Jimmy G could definitely be a lot worse with the situation that he has now, especially if Debo goes. But my hot take, so, I, I think there might be yeah. a package deal there. So, but that would that would mean he would be traded to a quarterback needy team. So where do you think where do you what where specifically do you think he would go? I think the I think one team would be the Panthers that comes to mind, but where where do you think? I mean, that that was where I was going to lead to. I was going to say the Panthers. I mean, Sam Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold, the starting quarterback as of right now for the for the Panthers. He's bounced around the league. He's been with multiple teams. I'm, Brian, he's been with your Jets for, what, two years? He was with the Jets, and he got traded to the Panthers for, I think, a couple of picks. I think it was like a third yeah. and second. Yeah. And, it was. and then a couple this year as well that we're going to receive. But I think that was it. He's only been with the Panthers for one season. He's he's yeah. only been there for like a solid three or four years. He's been with the Panthers for about one year, and he's heading into year number two. I mean, really hasn't done anything all that great. You know, it, I think it's been just regular Sam Darnold playing more conservative ball. He's not really just lobbing it out downfield. Um, you know, I I if if this package deal is to happen. I think Carolina would be one of the front running teams. They have the money and they need the room. You know, they, they need a solid, reliable quarterback. And I think a change of scenery for Jimmy G, I think would be a great, I think it would be a great move. So let me ask you this. If Jimmy G, if you think Jimmy G and Debo Samuel will be a good package, you'll send you to Carolina. What do you think San Francisco will, will receive back from them? Um, if anything, I would have to say, obviously, it would be a first round. It's got to be a first round. And the, if the Panthers are going to get rid of any players, 
I think a good trade in return would be Brian Burns. Okay. Um, Brian, Brian Burns, uh, one of the uh, one of the Panthers' more elite defensive ends. Panthers can get a can get a stud of a end rusher, bump up the defense, and then I think the Panthers could either look around in the draft, see what they have. This isn't a very strong offensive draft as we've talked about, but I do believe they could pick something out from there and. Granted, it would potentially be a project pick if they were to take a quarterback, but I think that would be something that could benefit the Panthers years on. Okay, I kind of like that. I, I didn't. I wasn't really thinking Brian Burns. I feel like that guy is always a uh, sleeper in the lead, one of the best defensive ends right there. Maybe <laughs> Shaq Thompson could be another one that they could look at. Um, 49ers are always a heavily defensive team oh, Yeah, that – relies heavily on their defense more than their offense to me. Um, I mean, they really rely on on that offense. They really rely on Jimmy G and Debo in that deal. Um, if they end up doing that package, I wonder how that deal will end up for them as Trey Lance will most likely get the nod for the starting job next year. Um, and I think if you're going to move on from Debo – the 49ers, what they should do in their first-round pick, even though it's towards the bottom of the draft, is to look maybe at another wide receiver. I just received actually word from Twitter that they are looking at the wide receiver for Ohio State, uh, Chris Olivier, I think his name is. Yeah. And there was, or so. there was some, yeah, it was like something yeah. like that. And um, there was another wide receiver from Virginia State. I can't really think of his name right now, but – that's another one they just did a visit with. But, yeah, I do agree I mean, with you that that could be a possibility for the Panthers. It could be big for them, maybe a if, contender team. Oh, absolutely. And if that goes through and, you know, the 49ers do get Brian Burns, you got Brian Burns on the left and then Nick Boza on the right. Oh, geez, yeah. That is a head-knocking front yeah. seven for the 49ers, and I think that will put them back in a lot of defensive prowess as they've – typically had over the past few years they've always been one of the stronger defensive teams in the league so i think that kind of cements their spot up top in the top three i would say top three defenses yeah yeah i could kind of agree with you on that uh nfc west is a heavily obviously a heavily big division with the cardinals with kyler murray what he's done over there and um Obviously, the Seahawks are a rebuilding process after getting rid of Wilson and Wagner. They're two pro bowlers and Super Bowl champions. Um, and obviously, the Rams who just won the Super Bowl this year. Uh, basically did a lot of re-signage with all their players. Obviously, letting go, I think the biggest one would be Austin Corbett would be the biggest one. And Andrew Whitworth, who retired. They are most likely – they can't really rely on the draft as – Last year, they got rid of um, Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And um, obviously, it worked out for them as they won a Super Bowl. But they obviously need to address the line a little bit more as they lost their top guard and their top OT. But, yeah, I think it will be good for the uh, – it could be good for both ways, for the Panthers and Niners. I would like to see the Panthers. I would like always like the Panthers, how they played. Um 
I would like to see them getting back into the playoff picture. Um, and uh, it would be good for the 49ers, too, as they love how they use their defense sufficiently. But, yeah, I think it'll be good. So I like the pan. I like the Panthers deal that you guys are talking about. I'm. I've been trying to. I've been trying to research other teams that are quarterback needy and could also use a wide receiver. Uh, among other teams, there could be also. There's the Atlanta Falcons. They just traded away. Uh, they just. Tra- they just traded away Matt Ryan, and they're in need of a wide receiver as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there's also. This is an interesting one. Uh, this is this is a team that desperately needs a wide receiver one, and there's questions on who, if their current got uh, top guy is a wide receiver one or it could develop into one. But what do you guys think of the Detroit Lions? Mm, yes, they do need a wide receiver. They, I mean, to be honest, they really need a lot over there. Um, the Lions, I don't know because I think Debo the way he's been using social media a little bit, he's given a little bit of attitude, which is not really good for him on his part. I think that's starting to give away drawing teams away, but I think he wants to be with a winning team. I can see the Falcons because the Falcons didn't finish off with a bad record. The Falcons um, aren't a winning team. Well, I know they're not a winning team. They didn't finish off with a bad record, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, those two teams, I feel like Debo wouldn't really consider both of those teams because, I mean, like, if you look at the Falcons, you have Tom Brady in that division. Um, If you look at the Detroit Lions, you have Aaron Rodgers in that division. Yeah, but that's a a weak – that's that's a weak Packers team after they just lost – after they just lost Devontae Adams – and they also lost Zadarius Smith on the off on the defensive side of the ball. That's a team that where I look at and I think that that <coughs> excuse me that Cowboys team or excuse me that Packers team really has a chance to actually miss the playoffs. I I think I think the uh, I think the Vikings are the favorite in that division now without Devonte Adams and other pieces on that on that roster, unless they were to make a trade for Debo Samuel. That's a team where I look at and I say they're going to fall off the cliff to quote a certain man who used to work for ESPN at least for at least for first take. He's not on the show anymore, which I'm I, I'm a little bummed about, but I would like I would like I feel I kind of agree with you and Nick with this. I feel like the Panthers would be a good fit for him and I feel like the Packers would be a great fit for him. Um as Panthers hopefully can go back into the get back into the playoffs as they were some years back, and the, obviously the Packers obviously have that reputation of going into the postseason every year as a no doubter. Um, I think it'll be a good fit for just Debo. I wouldn't say Jimmy G yet. I mean, it, it depends what Jimmy G is going to go because there's not really a lot of quarterback need teams obviously. But yeah, I think that'll be a great finish, a great fit for uh, Debo. All right. So next, so we talked a little bit about where Debo should go, but what about the 49ers? What should they do? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. 
You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, Nick Carlson, special guest Brian Mucker here with you tonight. And so we talked about how Debo, Debo Samuel requested a trade and where he should go, basically. A lot of different teams he could go to. And, you know, we talked about package deals with Jimmy. We talked about who they should give up, teams should give up for Samuel, all that kind of stuff. But what about the 49ers? What should they do? So the 49ers, they now have a, have a massive hole to fill at the wide receiver one spot, uh, barring that, you know, if Brandon Ayuk could step up and fill that role, which he has shown some flashes in the past. But how do they fill this void at wide receiver now that Debo Samuel is about to be about to peace out? I mean, looking at looking at the draft coming up, the 49ers typically a heavier team in the draft. They prefer the draft, or that's what they've shown anyway. The past few years, they've been really reluctant, and they've been really draft heavy. They haven't really done much in free agency over the past few years. Um, I I believe at least you've got to get some defensive help on the side of the ball through the draft. Maybe try and find a questionable wide receiver two kind of have them fight it out during, during the beginning stages of camp to see who really wants that number one spot. And if it's not looking favorable in the draft, which this year is going to be a very defensive heavy draft, I think, I think they just got to look towards maybe a free agent, possible trade, see who's going to be available, who's coming up on the contract years, who's going to be out looking around and see if, see if any of those spots can be filled. So what I can take from this from Debo, if Debo is going to be piecing out, yes, they can look at the draft. Um, they've obviously met with Chris Olivier from Ohio State. They could obviously – I mean, I don't think he'll fall all the way down, but there's other wide receivers like Jameson Williams and Drake London from UNC in Alabama or U, US, UNC, I think. I don't know where he was from. Um, but um, he, those three wide receivers, top three wide receivers could be one. And I know there's another one from Ohio State coming up. I forgot his first name, but I know his uh, last name is Wilson. Um, what I could also look at is a Twitter report came out as Debo Samuel is not happy with his contract. Do some research, go into other teams, go to Tennessee, look at AJ Brown, see what his status is. Um, go to Washington. Look at Terry McLaurin. Look at see what his status is. Uh, I know this is kind of a long shot because they're division rivals, but DK Metcalf with the Seahawks. Look at what his availability is. I know DK really wants out of there after the Seahawks are going to become a rebuilding team now. And Wilson after the departure of Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. But um, I would more focusly maybe focus on teams that are outside the division like Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown. I think those two have shown real good flashes as possible number wide receiver ones. They That could obviously fit in with Kyle Shanahan's coaching staff. So there's a couple of things that – there's a couple of method of uh, directions that the 49ers could go into. They could go. They could look towards the draft and look toward you know, with with whatever pick they get, they can look towards the back end of this wide receiver group and look for a, 
any guy to get. It's a little bit top heavy with wide receivers. They'll in order to find a real impact guy, they might have to be drafting towards, you know, towards at least at least the middle of the draft, wherever Drake London or Jamison Williams uh, or the Garrett Wilsons of the world fall. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, or they could also go into free agency and they can hit on as a post draft guy. They can go out and get Jarvis Landry. Um, they haven't been in the, they haven't been in the sweepstakes for him. They haven't been in on him and the saints have, and, uh, along with the Browns who are interested in getting him back, but the 49ers could enter that, enter that, uh, sort of competition for him and they could try, they could try and get him. He wouldn't be a real wide receiver one. It would be kind of just those him and Ayuk going back and forth. But that's that's a possibility. There's also Will Fuller who is out there. But there's there's really not there's really not much out there. Um, a real drastic option that they could go towards is they could look towards the trade market, dare I say, and kind of look at go ask uh, go talk to uh, uh, Tennessee and Seattle who are having similar issues with their quarterback, uh, with their wide receivers entering contract years, say, well, we, we're willing to pay a guy, just our guy didn't want to be here anymore. So we're willing to, if you don't want to pay your guy, we will. So we'll, we'll flip you a second-round pick and a first-round pick next year, and we'll take A.J. Brown. We'll take Terry McLaurin. We'll take name the guy. We'll take DK Metcalf, even though that will, even though that's very, very unlikely. But there's a couple of options. I think free agency is the most likely uh, route that they're going to that they're going to take. But it's they, they're in a tough spot. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I mean, maybe there's a wide receiver that we don't really know about that could fall in the second round, and they could use that as their to their advantage. I mean. I didn't even know that he was even a top five receiver in the draft last year, but the Jets with Elijah Moore, look how that worked out. He he looks like a number one from what I saw at the end of the year. Um, yeah. When healthy, though, obviously. Yeah, but, but last year last year's last year's wide receiver class was much better. Elijah Moore was regarded a lot better than uh, than a lot of the wide receivers going in this draft. There's obviously, like I said, there's the Garrett Wilsons, Jamison Williams, there's the Drake Londons of the world, but that's it's top heavy. Past that, Chris Olav is hit or miss. There's a few. There's a few players who are going to be drafted based on upside in the second round and possibly in the first round because this 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 offensive draft is so poor that there's going to be players who have no business being drafted in the first round being picked there because of the just because of just how weak this draft class is. There's there's there was a report coming in or at least just a bold take by I'm forgetting who it was but whoever it is I'll I'll find them. Uh, they, they said if Davis Mills was going was in this draft class that he would be he would be drafted ahead of all of the wide receiver or excuse me all of the quarterbacks in this draft and he would be you know he would go uh he would take in, be taken ahead of all the quarterbacks in this draft and he would go in the first round in last year's draft he was he was drafted in the fourth round so that just tells you how weak this draft class is on the offensive side and it's going to be a t- it's going to be really tough 
for the 49ers to hit to look towards the draft, especially with the the resources that they have in there. So you're saying so you're saying that Davis Mills will be drafted over Malik Willis, who had a great draft combine. I do, yeah. Okay, it's very interesting. Um, I could see Kenny Pickett because he didn't really have as as a good draft combine. They just gave a little scouting reports, and he he would be the top pick quarterback in the draft as he could throw great spirals and um, his hand size, which I do not understand. But um, <laughs> like <laughs> I do not understand why they had the scout report that. But you obviously have to have more than a uh, your how big your hand is and um, how, how you can throw a football. You have to know what you're doing out on the field and what you're doing off the field. Malik Willis seems like he has that. With Mills, I've seen a little bit of flashes with that, but I don't know. I mean, I think maybe Mills, yes, I could agree with you on that. Mills would be falling in this first round, but I think he would fall a little bit lower than Malik, than, uh, Malik Willis would. All right. Well, we are getting a little bit off topic here, and that's the perfect time to get off topic because we are transitioning into Brian's favorite segment. We are finally going to talk about the Jets. He, This kid, if you know this kid, he will not shut up about his Jets. And lucky for him, they have two, not, not one, but two picks, not only in the first round, but in the top 10. We're going to talk about who they should pick next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by fans only and Power 88. I'm Adam Wright, Nick Carlson, special guest Brian Mucker with you. And we are on to the guest segment. So Brian is our special guest. And Brian is a diehard Jets fan. He, If you talk about the Jets with him, he'll go on for hours talking your ear off. And we have a segment just for him. This segment is made for this man the the new york jets so they have a they have a lot they have a couple they have a lot of resources in this draft so brian why don't you talk about their uh, their picks and who's who you think they should take so i've seen a lot of mock drafts on social media such as twitter and instagram but um if i want to look at the number four pick i would either choose either go after an edge or a cornerback such as Ahmad Sauce Garner from Cincinnati or Kayvon Thibodeau, I think his name is, uh, from Oregon. I would love to have either or. Obviously, I can't. Thibodeau. The the H is silent. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, Obviously, you can't have both um, with um, either or. Uh, I I think if they can't get uh, Ahmad Sauce Garner, look at Derek Stingley from LSU. He, he He was a great 
big part in the Joe, Bar or Joe Burrow and uh, Justin Jefferson era over there in LSU um, as a sophomore, I believe. Uh, and yeah, I mean, maybe like with the number four pick, the number four picks a little bit stumped. It's been changed multiple times on social media with the number 10 pick. I could see them looking at the wide receiver wide receiver position, looking at offense, such as Drake London. I know they've been heavily interested in him, not so much with Jameson Williams because of that 20 CL he had last year, and a little bit with uh, Garrett Wilson, not so much though. But um, I think they're looking more towards the number 10 pick with Drake London. I think that you would either have to take an edge or a – um, cornerback with the number four pick, and I obviously got word as I get notifications for from the Jets that they've recently re-signed defensive end, former Super Bowl champion defensive end Vinny Curry to a one-year deal. He's getting a little up there in age, but that helps them up there with their edge rush. They've also recently talked to former Saints outside linebacker Quan Alexander with a notable hopefully signing with them so if they could either get if they get i would say if you get kawan leave uh thibodeau out address the cornerback position with your number four pick i think the number 10 should be permanently addressed with wide receiver with drake london okay nick what are your what are your thoughts on the the jets in this draft i mean in all honesty i think brian hit it right on the head i mean i really see that i really see them honing in on everybody uh, Brian just mentioned. But, you know, I think the draft, I think one of their top picks is going to be Joe Douglas. I, he's been a real solid linebacker, uh, linebacker, lineman at Oregon. And honestly, I think they grab him out of the draft and they they get a few of the guys Brian just mentioned. I, I think the Jets flip the script. You know, they're no longer going to be one of the weaker teams in the AFC. And I think – They'll become, I wouldn't say a powerhouse just yet, just to see how these rookies and trades play out. But I think they will be a decent middle of the pack, you know, fighting for that wild card or maybe just squeaking in. You know, for once, I think the Jets are are trending in the right direction with with all the picks that they have. So this is a team that has that that they have they have pieces with you know Elijah Moore at wide receiver. They also have, and they overpaid for him, but they have Corey Davis for a wide receiver too, um, among other among other guys. And they also have they have a decent front seven. Uh, they have a quarterback who showed some promise as the season went on. He didn't. He started off really rough. He threw what was it four picks against the Patriot against my Patriots uh, a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, or not not a couple of weeks during the during the beginning of the season, um, but. Who I think they should pick, I think so. It's not an option. You take Ahmad Gardner at number at at your number four pick. He's he's going to last that he's not going to last that long. It's very rare that you see a corner being draft drafted that high, you know, in the top five. But <coughs> Gardner is an exception when you look at when you look at him. So you take him at number four, and let's say so. I see Kayvon Thibodeau slipping in a lot of mock drafts and he was a guy who was regarded as a potential number one pick and now we look at him and he could be he could fall to number 10 if he falls that far you take Kayvon Thibodeau and 
I'm sorry. I look at wide receiver on this team, and am I wrong for thinking that they really don't need? They're they're not that they're not that desperate for a number one, or for a wide receiver. I just think Elijah Moore is that. I think he could be that guy. And in his second season, you know, going into his his sophomore year, there's a lot of there's a lot of wide receivers who have decent years their first year, and then they're in their second year they make a massive leap especially with a quarterback also going into his sophomore season. I just, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't really think that's as big a need as we, as we might think. See, I'm also thinking on that too. What they've done in the off season, they took a basically page out of the Patriots book, what the Patriots did last off season with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, what the Jets did for the for the receiving help is that they went out, they finally addressed that tight end position after what 10 almost 10 plus years of not having it since Dustin Keller in 2010, signing Tyler Conklin, the former Minnesota starting tight end, and CJ Uzama, a Super Bowl champion, well, not Super Bowl champion, a former Super Bowl contestant with the Bengals. Super Bowl uh, participant. Well, yeah. Participant, yeah. Doesn't sound um, as good, but still yeah, no, he made a Super Bowl. He made a Super Bowl. He has promised what they're receiving him. Now, obviously, you mentioned Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. There might be a sleeper here as he is showing a little bit progression to his game during the offseason. And that is a guy who they drafted some years back. He's from Baylor. I think you know him. Wide receiver Denzel Mims. He has not really shown on the field as they didn't really play him as much. He could be a nice number three. And you also forgot to mention Braxton Barrios. What a year he had last I don't, year. I don't need to mention him. He well, was a special I, teams guy. I don't know. You need, He had a pretty good year. I mean, if you saw what he did against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, two touchdowns, over 100 yards, that looked pretty good. Led him to a great victory, didn't he? Oh, well, that was the defense on that <laughs> That was a defense on that side, buddy. I can't really. I well, really can't okay. Really... Okay. Well, that you just brought up what I wanted to hammer at. This being such a defensive heavy draft, I think you guys have what four or five picks in the top forty for this yes. draft. Yeah. Exactly. So, do Do you think Do you think the Jets go all out defensively? Do you, because that secondary does need work. Maybe if you guys can add in an interior. Uh, lineman I don't see that being too too bad but definitely the secondary and the defensive back core from what it, I've seen mm-hmm. this uh this last season I think that is the Jets big problem if so Thibodeau if Thibodeau lasts that far I don't think it's not an option you take that guy oh you you have to if you don't I Jets fans I can see them rioting already I don't exactly. really I, I can see Joe Douglas. He's he's a very smart man when it comes to draft. As you saw, he spent a couple of years in Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl with them. Yep. Um, he built Philly basically. So he's obviously he obviously knows what he's doing. But yes, I couldn't maybe see him going after Thibodeau more. I would like Gardner and Thibodeau a lot. They've also addressed a lot in fragency with the pass rushing with signing Solomon Thomas, uh Vinnie Curry, Jacob Martin from Tennessee. I love the way he gets out of that uh, standoff and goes right after the quarterback immediately without even the lineman even touching him. Um, they've also just a little bit, not too much with the secondary, re-signing LaMarcus Joyner back. Hopefully he stays healthy this time. Um, but the Jets also have the youngest uh, 
defensive back positions in I think the entire league. There have been all sophomores and third-year players now with Bryce Hall, with Virginia, uh, Brandon Eccles from Kentucky, and who's the other one? Um, Ashton Davis coming from California, who they drafted a little bit ago. They've also were, they've also signed DJ Reed coming from Seattle to New York, and they've signed a former Super Bowl champion that helped Tom Brady's Bucks get to the Super Bowl on the defensive side, Jordan Whitehead, who replaced Marcus May. We obviously know where Marcus May ended up. He went to New Orleans, but they've also they've addressed it. They've addressed what they need on offense and what they need on defense in free agency. I think that they could top it off by getting Gardner and and Thibodeau with the draft. Yeah, if they if they like I said, if he lasts, if Thibodeau lasts that long, but like like I I but also like I said. Ahmad Gardner is going to last till pick four, and that's a slam dunk number four pick that you take. That's not even a question. The only question is who you take with number 10. And at number 10, and if Thibodeau lasts that long, then that's not a question either. Um, but if they go, if they go direct, if if they go with defense and they, they stick to that, even if Thibodeau's off the board, what about Devin Lloyd? What do you think about him being drafted? I feel like he's a very sleeper-looking pick right there. Demarcus Walker could be maybe another one they look at. They haven't. I don't think. I don't think he's ever visited with the Jets, and I don't think Devin Lloyd ever did either. I know Thibodeau has, but he could be a sleeper for them. Um, and if you look at the picks um, four through ten, you look at the Panthers. They need help on wide receiver, offensive line, and maybe quarterback. Falcons. They are looking to add a little bit on their defensive side with wide receiver, though, on the other side. But they're looking at quarterback uh, – not cornerback, cornerback, uh, defensive back. If Gardner's off the board, they're going to look to Derek Stingley with that pick. The Steelers, they might be looking for a quarterback as well, maybe drafting Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, one of those two. I think that the Jets – can get this done. I think they can get Garner, and I think they. I think Thibodeau will fall to number ten. So and that. So that. So you think. So you say can. You know. You know. If he goes number four, then he. He's going to last till four, Gardner. So it's not a can thing. It's a. It's a will. Unless they're. Unless they're incompetent. I, I mean, also Thibodeau. I'm. I. I want to believe. I want to believe that he'll fall that far. I don't think. I don't. There's a very good chance he doesn't, and then in that the Giants snag him. The Giants are the only team in that span picks with four through ten. I'm really worried about the Giants. Are obviously they need a lot too over there as the Jets do too. They, but I think the Giants obviously need more than that. They need everything. How about, how about the Lions? What if they were to go number two with Thibodeau? Do you think that's a possibility? I don't Even think. Though it, he's been slipping, but. You know, he is – he that talent is just very hard to pass up. I don't think it is because Aiden Hutchinson has proven that he's a number top five pick from Michigan. So, wait, wait. But then where does – where who do who does Jacksonville take? If, was, if, if the Lions are taking Hutchinson, then that means Jacksonville passed on him. I was going to say maybe offensive line for them. So, Evan Neal. So, your, your, your number one pick in this draft that. is Evan Neal. I would say either Evan Neal or Aiden Hutchinson. The Lions also need a little help on offensive line too. So I could see them also going after Evan Neal 
or the other or the other offensive lineman. I really can't pronounce his name, but it's like Iquanu or whatever his name is. But um, I could see him going after that player. He's been he kind of slipped up there a little bit. He was on the so, top bottom ten, but now he's up in the top five now. So I back mean, to back, so back to back years of them going of them going their top their top their top four pick taking a tackle. So they they go with Penny Sewell, who's who's emerged as one of the best left tackles in the game. Then you go left tackle again and take Evan Neal and put him at right tackle. I mean, listen, the Jets have done that already. They've done it with, I mean, even though it's a different positions, guard and offensive tackle. They did it with Becton during the 20, I think it was Burroughs draft. So I think it was 2019 they got Becton. Um, and with, They've also they did last year with Wilson. They made a very surprising move last year by trading the number twenty third pick and getting the number fifteen or nineteen, I believe, getting Elijah Bear Tucker. I thought he was I thought he would be off the board quite soon, but the Jets obviously wanted him, so they did that. I could see the Lions doing that too, back to back years. And the Jets. But- Maybe. But finding finding a good finding a competent left tackle that's extremely hard. But a right but a right tackle is not really that's something you could probably address you know in the later rounds because you know r- you know it's hard to find right tackles. But it's it's not it's not really hard to find uh, uh, a a right tackle. Did I say? Uh, you you know what I meant. But <laughs> Nick, I, I understand you got a, you have a hot take. Yeah, I mean, I I really think, you know, obviously the Lions getting the shorter end of the stick between the last quarterback trade, Goff for Stafford, I I think they might take Pickett. Take Pickett, keep him as a backup for this year. He can learn under Goff. Granted, he might not be the best execution man, but I'm sure he can teach the rookie a lot of things about the NFL and how to read the defense as an NFL quarterback, even though Goff has not been the best for that in recent years. I, I, I really think the Lions might go with Pickett, and just in case Goff isn't doing it, throw him out there. What else do they have to lose? It's better than letting Goff go out there and overthrow receivers. Hmm. You're placing a lot of faith in this draft class to be saying that they'll, they'll be taking a, at number two a quarterback. That's interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. How about I mean Pickett or Malik Willis? Either one of them works. I mean, yeah. Would. I think if it had to be the two, I think it would be Pickett for the for the Lions. But we don't know. It's a hot take, so I could be completely wrong. We're let's be let's just also be honest. We're just looking for reasons to believe that Thibodeau will fall to number ten. Yeah. Like it is, it's but- I it's mean, very hard. Yeah, it is, but it it is, but 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 what, Brian? It is, but even though, like yep. like you mentioned, if he does not, if Thibodeau is taken off the board, like let's say he gets snagged by the Giants or the Lions, the Jets could also look at Devin Lloyd. They could look at Demarcus Walker. They could look at those edge rushers. They could take one of those guys. Those guys will be falling maybe mid draft, lower class at least. I, I just think there's a high chance that Thibodeau goes to either the Giants or the or the or the Lions, and we're forgetting the fact that the Lion that that not only the, do the Jets have two top ten picks, the the Giants do too, and they're going to addre- be obviously be addressing two different needs. And 
I have a hard time believing that uh, that the front seven isn't one of those top two needs. I just I just think they're going to go that route, and that's going to be the way that they they wind up going. Okay, I mean, maybe you could be right. We don't know. We will find out next Thursday. Have the audience comment down below any of our social medias. Let us know your choice. Where will exactly. he fall? Where will when, he fall, and who will your top three be in the draft? Exactly. Who is the, What is this draft order going to pan out as? There have been so many different predictions. This has been, like, the most, like – there, there, nothing is wrong until until you are wrong when we when we find out exactly what the what the picks are. But this is this is one of those drafts where it's very very hard to predict what the top ten is going to be, and it's going to be very interesting seeing that top ten because this is obviously a very very top heavy draft in most positions that aren't that aren't defense. Uh, but guys, you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? I do not. I was just happy to be here. Unless we make this a two-hour show, we can have Brian keep talking about his Jets. I know that'll no, that'll be like a marathon, man. That'll be like <laughs> three hours. You don't be careful what you wish for. As somebody who has to listen to this kid talk all the time, good lord! Once you have him going on the Jets, when you put the dime in the jukebox, you have to hear the whole song. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.